Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Blue Surge Podcast. It's Mike and Joe. We are here on Tuesday, December 20th. is around 3 p.m. Eastern time. We have a wonderful show planned for you guys today. Hopefully, you have been enjoying these last couple of weeks. We've had a lot of cool regionals, a lot of cool events to go over. Things are about to slow down as we head into the end of the calendar year. But we still have regional go over. We still have some new news. The classic stuff that we always cover. But before we get into any of that, Joe, how are you doing today? I finished a four-day stretch of work. I slept in until almost 11. But I've also been on the road ever since because I was trying to do an airport run for some family members. So I, I just got back from that run and... Uh, not to say this is a chore. I want to get it done. I want to relax a little bit because I got school this evening at six o'clock. So, I want yeah, to find man, some time you are to relax. You are back to being a student. Mm-hmm. I know we kind of talked about that last episode, so you're on that grind. I talked last episode as well that I am off that grind. I am on my way back from being sick. The flu finally caught me this season. I've been dodging it. People I live with, people I work with, just everyone has been getting sick this past month, and it finally caught up to me, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I have basically been bedridden is not the correct word, but probably three quarters of the last 72 hours I have been, just because, you know, when it hits bad, it hits bad, but I think I'm on the up and up, which is good because I want to make sure I could record today, return to work tomorrow, do all those good things, so... I mean, I guess I should say I also want to be healthy for the holidays coming up. Because you're about to be around a bunch of family members, about to be around a bunch of stuff. Like you said, picking up people from the airport. So I'm almost glad is not the word, but I'm happy I got sick this past weekend because it hopefully means I'll be good when everyone's around for family time. That's kind of the hope, right? Yeah. Yeah. And when this episode goes out, for those of you who celebrate, it'll be Christmas Eve and Christmas on that Saturday, Sunday. Our episode goes live Friday. So if you celebrate that, I guess we should leave with that. Hopefully you have a good holiday. If you celebrate Hanukkah, I want to say Hanukkah happens after Christmas this year. Uh, it does. Oh, it just started happening this past weekend. So if you're celebrating Hanukkah, hopefully you've been enjoying that. Of the other holidays, those are the two holidays I've grown up around the most. I'm not as well-versed in the other ones, but whatever you are celebrating, if you are celebrating, hopefully you are taking advantage to spend time with family and friends, especially. We say that at the end of every episode, but it is that holiday time of year. Aside from that, though, today's episode, we're kind of scattered. We have some smaller pieces of news. We have a regional. Like I said, we have our one regional, and then we'll kind of be done for the next, I don't know, two or three weeks until the new year hits. And we'll probably start aiming our conversations towards rotation as well, although that doesn't happen for quite a few months after after the new year. It's at least going to be kind of on the horizon. First, though, I did want to go over something. So let me pull this up real quick. For those of you who have Spotify, you get this thing called Spotify Wrapped every year. It tells you what you've listened to the most, what type of music you've <laughs> kind of spent the most time with, and kind of gives you an overall summary of what you did over the past 12 months in terms of that app. This year, we got our Spotify wrapped for our podcast. This is a new thing that Spotify created to kind of give content creators an idea of 
how they are doing, what their growth has been, uh, who listens to their show, blah, blah, blah. And I want to kind of share some stuff because I thought it was actually pretty cool. The first thing I want to pull up is that, Joe, you and I have created over 1,500 minutes of content. Really? Yeah, that's that's a lot. That's over a day. Over a day. I did the math because I was bored. That sounds awful. You can listen to us to our full 24 hours. You could go through on repeat through every single episode and make it through just this past year of content. So you would oh, guess we- because what work? Well, because it's just the past year. Oh, okay. Because if you think about it, if episodes are usually a minimum of like just under 30 minutes at the shortest. Yeah. That's still, you're going way past one day's worth of content. I mean, we're on episode like 196, I believe, this week. So basically, it's like a, I want to say, what, a, a day per year of episodes. So there's almost three full years of content. Yeah, I'd probably say you could fill out a three day weekend with our content. That sounds miserable. You could, yeah. You could imagine listening to us for seventy two hours. I don't even want to do that. No, I, that's that's a lot, but it's a fact. So this past year, we created fifteen, a little over fifteen hundred minutes of content. The next thing is that we've been listened to in seven countries. Oh. So shout outs, yeah, I know. It gave us the top five of the U.S., which I guess isn't too shocking. Shout outs to Belgium. Shout outs to what? New Zealand. Shout outs to Australia, and then shout outs to Singapore. Singapore, yeah. I mean, right. hey, it might be one person one time, but they're in the top five. I wish it showed the other two countries, but I could not see them. So, if you were the other two countries, uh, shout outs to you as well. I just don't have that in front of me. Would you have thought we were listened to in more than just the U.S.? I would assume Canada was somewhere, maybe. Maybe Canada's in those last two. Maybe. England? Yeah, that could be true. I mean, Canada's probably the more realistic one, just because it's basically right nearby. Yeah. I do wonder what those seven are, or the other two are. Australia and New Zealand, I can kind of get, because those are like the English-speaking countries, right? Oh, wait, hold on. I can pull this up right here. I can pull this up on our Anchor dashboard. Now, the tough part is... You know, people listen on different platforms. So this isn't completely accurate. But what's actually cool, and you never know how legitimate this is, is it shows a lot more than seven countries, but 85% from the US. And that's from this is from Anchor, not just Spotify. We have 3% from Canada. We have 3% for Australia, 2% from New Zealand. And then. I get it. These are very small percentages and you never know the full validity. Before the United Kingdom, we have 1% from Vietnam. Interesting. Because why not? Is it a VPN? Something's a VPN? That's what I'm saying. Like, you don't actually really know how accurate this stuff is. Someone's using a VPN doesn't listen to our podcast. That's just dedication. I don't know. Yeah, it must be. Or someone forgot to turn it off. Regardless, though, it's just cool to look at that stuff. Again, doesn't mean anything, not necessarily, but if you are listening to a different country, we appreciate it. And uh, I thought that was a cool fact. The next if one is. Please, Navidad. 
Feliz Navidad. I'm trying to see here. We are in the top 30% of most followed podcasts, according to Spotify. Really? I know, right? For just a casual weekly show, clearly we don't have hundreds of listeners, but Spotify disagrees. Now, granted, the bottom 50% of Spotify is probably a bunch of one-offs. That being said, though, top 30 stop top 30. We'll take credit for that. I'll take it. Absolutely. It said we grew up, degree grew 23% in terms of followers over the past year. It talked about how many people have us as their top 10 podcast, which there's 12 of you. So shout outs to you guys. And then a few of you have us as our top five and four of you have us as the top one. Maybe you only listen to us as your podcast and just kind of support as a local friend, regardless of how you listen to us. I just wanted to share those because those are some cool, cool things that I didn't expect to see. And... The words of the Golden Girls, thank you for being a friend. Thank you for being a friend. We really do appreciate that. Because although we're doing this for our enjoyment as well, obviously for listeners, this is cool to do. As uh, It's cool that, that they listen to it as well. The last thing I wanted to add is out of those 1,500 minutes, that puts us in the 90th percentile of leisure content because they kind of wrap us into this leisure like relaxed talk about card games content it says we make more than 90 percent of other creators in this category so clearly i never never thought that we were relaxed i thought this was an intense podcast nothing more intense than joe yeah just constant angry joe we it's been a while since we've actually had angry joe yeah, it's been a while. I haven't seen a Char- Charizard in a while, but well, once the news sets out, I'm I'm sure we will. Uh, I'm sure we will return it'll, to that. It'll it'll be there with its fancy dragon head, and that's what the people love. On that note, we'll move on from that. I just thought it would be something that's very cool to go over and to spend some time with. You and I do this for fun, and we've we've talked about you know if we decide not to do it anymore, we just wouldn't do it anymore. But here we are at episode one ninety five. And we are still chugging along. A few rotations later, brand new silver borders. Hey, man, maybe we're entering world changes. We've been through a lot of them. We've been through a lot. So it's just cool to kind of look back on. GX, Vs, and we're back to the EXs again. All goes full circle. That being said, though, we can kind of move on now to the actual show content over the past weekend we had a regional arlington texas had a regional with just over 1200 players and in the top eight we just saw a ton of lukia basically oh Eighth place texas was... was not virginia okay you thought it was virginia yeah is there an arlington virginia or is arlington national cemetery so isn't it in arlington virginia Oh, Arlington National Cemetery is in D.C. In the Arlington area. I guess. But no, Arlington, Texas is the... was the regional location. There's an Arlington, Virginia. Oh, well, there you go. So you were... You weren't super lost, but you were just mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it's Washington, D.C. area, but there's... Like Alexandria, Arlington, and it goes into Washington. I mean, my aunt lives in that area. So that's why I was like, okay, cool. They're in DC. I was oh, wrong. Yeah. Nope. They are in Texas. 
they, they probably would have called it DC Regional then at that point. Okay. Yeah, you're actually right. They probably would have. That would have made a lot more sense. But we had this regional over the weekend. 1,200 players. The top eight rounded out as follows. In eighth place, we had Lost Box. Lost Box actually bubbled out of top eight. Boo! Of being Azul. Boo! Yeah, Lost Box got eighth and then ninth and tenth. The one that made it into top eight played Amazing Rare Rayquaza. Which has the attack Amazing Burst, 80 damage times all basic energy you discard from this Pokemon. Or 80 damage times the amount of energy you discard of each typing. So it costs a Grass, Lightning, and Fighting. You discard all three. You do 240. I tried doing that when, I, when the whole Lost Box thing came out. Remember that? I tried doing a bunch of different Amazing Rares and it just didn't pan out for me. No, but apparently these people figured it out. Yeah, they did. I'm just not smart anymore. Well, you don't spend as much time as these people do with decks. But some of them, it's crazy. You see, like, deck reports, and like, yeah, I picked up this deck 12 hours before the event, and then I went 10 and 1. We're just not those dudes. Well, Lost Box, that Lost Box thing I built from a couple, couple tournaments ago mm-hmm. with, a, with a Kyogre, we played that what, two weeks ago, and I, I won every single game except for one. Yeah, I mean, it's a strong variant. That's the variant that Azul played. Yeah, I, I I understand it. That's why I like it. I get it. There you go. Tenth place was another Rayquaza variant. We'll see if these amazing rare Rayquaza lost black decks kind of stick around. In seventh place, we saw a Reggie's deck. Sixth through third, we saw Lugia. In the finals, it was Vikavolt versus Lugia. The interesting part about the Vikavolt deck is it also played an Aerodactyl V-Star. If you forget what this does for one colorless... Until this Pokemon leaves play, it gains an ability that has the effect your opponent's Pokemon V, except any Aerodactyl V-Star have no abilities. Which is an interesting tech for some of the decks that we've seen in the format. It did end up losing, however, to the tried and true Lugia Archaeops, who took another event pretty overwhelmingly. I... The only thing that I really appreciate about Lugia is that Archaeops allows you to play these Amazing Rares more. Because it had Amazing Rare Leveltal and Amazing Rare Raikou because of the ability for you to attach Aurora Energies pretty seamlessly. Some people were talking about on Twitter, though, that if Archaeops could only attach to Colorless, the deck would be would be balanced Amazing. a bit more. Well, it's just, it's just that you know, because it can attach to any Pokemon, being able to play the Amazing Rares is really cool, but having cards like Eveltal and Raikou as supplementary Pokemon is pretty incredible. Or Rayquaza. Or Rayquaza. I mean, just having the ability to attach special energies to these things and get them going without really much of a problem shows how strong Archaeops is, and if Archaeops could only go to Colorless, like just to Lugia V-Star, it would still be a Tier 1 deck, but not nearly as good as it is right now. Would you agree with that? I could agree with that. Do you think it should be that, or do you think it could... uh, Do you think it's fine how it is? Do you think it would really change it that much? Um, Honestly, not too much. It, it's fine where it is. It's... Yes, it's a very strong deck, but I just 
I don't feel the amount of hatred I do against. I don't like it. Get me wrong, but I don't feel the same hatred as I did like against Pikaram or other similar tiered decks. Why is that? Um, I because you do have to um search out your archaeops. You do have to get them in the discard pile. You like there's there's some hoops you have to jump through. Um, but it's also pretty easy to nip the engine in the butt. Now, I think a better balance would be for Lugia was that if you are in the active, you can do the ability. Okay. Like, I think that's more balanced because people are starting to do that on the bench now or switching it out, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but I, I think that making the stipulation that needs to be in the active would probably be a better balance. I don't know. I kind of feel the same way in the sense that I don't feel like overwhelmed by how good it is, but this could, this could get old very quickly. That's kind of how it is with most new decks. It kind of feels more like a Mew than anything because the progression <laughs> is the same every time you play it. You do have to set things up, but overall you're pretty much just doing the same thing on repeat. Yeah, your game plan's pretty similar. And the amazing rares, I guess, change things up a little bit, but truthfully, it's get a Lugia, get a knockout, they return knockout, amazing rare Eveltal, you knock out their V-Star, and you just kind of follow this pattern. And the way that a mirror works is it's just whoever can disrupt that first. I mean, even the fact that something like Vikavolt can't stop it is pretty impressive. Yeah, things could change during rotation as well. Like, you're losing power energy, powerful energy, which is that extra 20 damage buff. Yep. Um, we are losing... Aren't we losing the... Um, <clears throat> uh, what's the colorful energy? Aurora? Aurora. Are we losing Aurora too? It seem, I, I feel like we are. Let me make sure. Let me double check. If it has the letter D as its yes. rotation. So we're losing capture or a powerful speed. So we're losing like a good chunk of those energies. Come rotation. So that, that pulls out the amazing rares, basically. <clears throat> yeah, like Yveltal and Raikou go. But you still have Rayquazas. Wait, man, it's Rayquazas still stick around? I can't remember. Oh, no, I don't think any of them do. I thought they were staggered. Let me find out. No, it is a D block, so I believe they all rotate out with the D block. That's kind of a bummer. But you know what? Well, I still at least I have access to my Kyogre still. Yeah, and honestly, they got they got more play than I think most people anticipated. Truthfully, I mean the amazing rare cards. We we saw them. We kind of laughed at their costs. And whether it be through GLC or through this Lugia variant, we've finally seen them get more play. And honestly, I'm I'm here for it. I'm cool with it. So I'm I'm pretty content with these cards. But it is interesting to see kind of how how Lugia is as a deck and what it will lose when rotation hits. But we still got, like we said, we still have like three months until it has to even worry about a rotation. Mm, four. Four months. So that's still, if I'm looking at the upcoming regionals, that's like six, seven regionals worth of stuff. 
that Lugia will still have all of these tools for. So I mean, we saw that we saw that Lugia was really counterable in the second regional since its release. In the third one, it came back. So I'm curious to see if we have a bounce back again. Because that was the reason why we saw all that janky stuff, right? Uh, yeah. So I wonder yeah. if we're going to see that janky stuff again. You think that's what we're going to end up seeing? This, I mean, like I said, we got a couple weeks till the next regional, but are we just going to see a bunch of jank again? When is Crown Zenith coming out? Uh, late January? Yeah, so you're gonna just see the same jank over and over again until the crown zenith. But at that point, what comes? What's the February regional crown zenith? Who are we coming out here? Crown zenith January comes 20th. out on the twentieth, so we're looking at um, February start date. Basically. Yeah, so Orlando, Melbourne, the the uh, next IC coming up, things like that. Because we have San Diego and Liverpool that are they're going to be in January, so. Uh-huh. Regional in San Diego is where we're going to see the response to Lugia again. I'm really curious to see if we just see a bunch of jank again. Because Lugia ran the table when it came out. And then the next tournament, everything hit the fan. And then now we're back to Lugia. Like, I, I just feel like that tournament's going to get so little hype because Ground Zenith is going to come out like shortly after that. Yeah, that's true. Like, every single time a new set comes out, <clears throat> and you're just waiting for it to become legal. I just feel those regionals typically like hype, at least in our local community, is there's not much there. It's just kind of like, okay, like when can we play Crown Zenith? Can we play Crown Zenith yet? No, we can't play Crown Zenith yet. Okay. Yeah, and that'll be around Liverpool time because Liverpool happens literally the weekend the set comes out. Which I'm also pretty stoked because I think our store is going to do a uh, ETB like tournament where each player gets an etb and make a deck out of it oh yeah the mutant evolution stuff yeah which looking at the release date i don't think i can do it which makes me cry well but we we can always just do it on our own too we always say that we never do yeah but now the stores do it i haven't never really done mutant evolution stuff so i can't I do really do. I really do want to try it. It's such a weird concept to me. I haven't done it before. I still feel like it could have some big balancing issues, but I'd be down just to try it out. Unless the ETBs are going to be super expensive, which we don't really know yet. The last piece of news, because really it's just the regional and then this this week. TPCI filed a patent in April of 2019. That is a tech patent that could be used for tracking cards during gameplay. This is essentially a tool that allows you to track the cards that are in the player's hands for live streamers and for viewers without having to actually see the cards in their hand. You basically have access to see what cards are in the player's hand, what players are in the discard pile, players, the cards are in the deck, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see that this got approved because as a viewer... Being able to just see things and not have to rely on a camera to kind of glance at someone's hand, I think that'll be actually pretty nice. I mean, what are your thoughts on this patent? Basically, it's just giving viewers and, and streamers information. I'm I'm generally okay with this. The biggest problem I have, and I don't, I'm trying to remember now, and I don't think it's up there. <clears throat> so, like, comparing Japan streams to, like, the Pokemon 
English streams, I'll just put it that way, European and North America or wherever. Uh, Japan has an energy and supporter marker on the screen. So one is played, it dims off, right? So like, or it lights up, whatever indicates that it's been played or used. Where the US doesn't have that. Now they've added a loss zone box marker, but I think trying to introduce a marker for energy attachment or supporter used would be very beneficial to the game to help reduce uh, unintentional cheating or intentional cheating, whatever you want to way you want to look at it. But I honestly, it's cool knowledge, but I'd rather them spend their energy and time trying to figure out how to make the game uh, run smoothly as possible. You're saying for the actual players and the judges so they can see what's happening. Yeah. Or keep track of things easier. Yeah, so if they can have this infrared technology indicate, okay, said card has been played down from hand, and said card went to the discard pile after that, indicating that support has been played. Awesome. Hmm, that's interesting. I never really thought about that way. And you watch a lot more Japanese streams than I do. Yeah, so like whenever energy attachment gets played, like the 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 marker on the screen lights up energy or dims down energy. Right, indicating it's been it's been used, and same thing for supporters. And those are just one rule: is that honestly, a lot of controversial things usually happen during those times. Is like, well, you just double supported, or you attached twice and retreated twice, or whatever. Right? So that, that's usually what ends up being the whole controversial things for most. I'm gonna call them witch hunts, honestly, for most yeah. people. <clears throat> I think if we can introduce that and somehow with the technology, it'd be great. Yeah, I think that's actually a really nice addition to this. I I generally am excited because, again, information is power, especially from a viewer and screencaster or, or, or shoutcaster, I should say, perspective. Because just being able to know what's going on and not make those mistakes and have viewers be able to kind of look at, okay, this is what their hand looks like. This is what they could do. I think overall it just makes people better players in general. So there's not much to add to it, but the fact that it is granted... And that we are going to see it soon, I think is I think is really cool. Maybe we won't see it till the first international. Maybe they'll save it for a special event to kind of launch it officially. But I'm I'm pretty pretty excited to see that. Like I'm like partially curious too. Like you're gonna have like those people who like run stall or have like unknown hand for expanded whatever, and you have like thirty something cards in hand. Like mm-hmm. how are you gonna display that on the screen for somebody? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we won't know until we know, right? Yeah. I guess I guess we'll have to find out. And that pretty much brings us to the end of the show, though. So thank you all for supporting us. Again, as we shared that information at the beginning, it's pretty cool and humbling and motivating to see that these stats are what they are, regardless of, you know, how accurate some of them are and things like that. It's still really, really cool to see that type of stuff. Thank you all so much for supporting the show. Joe, is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Everybody have a Merry Christmas. Yep, everyone enjoy their holiday with family and friends. Thank you for supporting us as you do each and every week, and we will see you next time.